Okay, here we go. The Ben and Maggie Show. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio dial. The Ben Show. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and laughs. Go. Welcome to the Ben and Mikey Show. Oh, this is going to be, I think, uh, probably a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants uh, podcast. Sometimes, there is? Sometimes that, those are the best, though. You know, I got my lighter. <laughs> hey, what do you do? Light, what do you do? Light the grill with this, Smitty? You light your pants on fire. Look at this. It's one of those you know, click grill lighters. That, that's what it is. Let me try this. Yeah. Oh, there's Mikey's. I can't. It's not. Uh, oh, oh, look at that. Look at that. I'm oh, sorry. I just set the microphone on fire. <laughs> The uh, windscreen, Ben Kitchen, yes. uh, William uh, Smith's from Smith from uh, what is it? Pelham Island. Uh, Pelham live, Island lives on Pelham Island. Yeah, out here on the island. Jay Ferguson lived on Thunder Island, right? Yeah. Huh? And uh, Elton John supposedly, uh, allegedly, banged an island girl before he found out that he didn't like that very much. <laughs> <laughs> and he liked other. Well, is that feedback me? That's you. That is your. I should have worn my Jimi Hendrix shirt. Oh man, Ben, how are you? Very good. Very good. <laughs> we all lost a. Uh, not we didn't lose the guy. He, if you'd listened to the radio, you probably would have thought he died. But Jerry Callahan lost his job last Friday, and uh, Twitter became a crazy Callahan shitstorm, didn't it? And W E E I, boy, they really took some heat. Over this latest uh, situation. Now, if you're David Field, the owner of Entercom, how do you feel about this whole thing? If you Ben, pretend for a second you're David Field, owner of Entercom. You're, you're an <laughs> asshole. You know that, right? <laughs> you're an asshole. Oh, I forgot you worked there. Okay, Smitty. Wait a minute. I forgot you worked there, too. All right. I'm the only person who can comment on this. Do you mean my beloved president of the company, the owner? Yes. Yes, of course. <laughs> I'm just thinking. Wonderful, what, wonderful man. Oh, right? what a great guy. I know. But what's he thinking Brilliant right decision. Though, really. I'm sure whatever he's thinking is absolutely correct. <laughs> and probably in-depth. And, and, you know, oh, yeah. a man of action. Analyze it. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, yeah, he's right. I just, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I should feel sorry for him because the people down below him are making such weird moves. I don't, I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> I think you'll figure it out and come out uh, a winner. Well, you could be right. You could be right. Here's, here's the deal. And, and this is at least, this is what Twitter's saying. I don't really have an opinion on this because what do I know? I mean, I just because just I got unceremoniously pushed out the door at Intercom three years ago. It was doesn't a, mean I would it, be an expert on it, the topic. It was similar, wasn't it? You just pushed out the door with no... Uh... Well, except that, you know, I didn't get a, a, a laudatory Jim Cutler production as to how legendary I'd been. I got like, okay, your key, your card key doesn't work. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it sounds about right for you, though. That's right. i got to put a dollar in yes. here now. As I said, enough for it. And that was part of the problem when I departed was I felt bad. I felt like they didn't even... Want to thank me for 23 years of service? Now they didn't. They didn't. So they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I, did. I, did I do so much wrong there that they hated me that much? You're a bad man, Mikey. You violated all the rules that uh, uh, that, that they like. I mean, they had this period of time where it was the. I'm going to call it the Kirk period. And I heard uh, Merloni talking about this yesterday on OMF. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I can't say I argue. I can argue with it. He was saying that, that they, yeah, Kirk came and they had a spike in the ratings for a little while, and it was all, everybody was all like, oh, Kirk this, Kirk that, and that they had an, an uptick. But then when he left, he kind of, he kind of torched everything, uh, if not when he was there after he left. And Merloni was saying, was it really worth it? Was the Kirk era 
worth it. And I think that ultimately Jerry Callahan was also uh, a casualty of that era. Because of all that went on. What do you think, Ben? <laughs> I don't think that's entirely accurate. Okay. Because let's remember where the station was in between yeah. when 98.5 started to take over and then before Kirk came onto the But now show. they're back there. Okay. They're so back there ratings-wise. It's wise. better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all, Mikey. Mom. Yeah. Oh, but ben. I mean, the, the other thing is, though. That no, w- been... wouldn't you rather have had two years of good ratings than... You know, another two years of mediocre ratings. I, I guess, but I don't. I what do you mean? That, I guess you absolutely no. would. Well, because there's another way. You know, you can always get back there. They had a respected p- place in the marketplace. They were the, you know, reputed, you know, all time greatest sports station in the history of Boston, reputationally speaking. Until ninety eight five came along, we all know that the competition does that to you. Mm-hmm. But they had a place of respect they were they were something you shared 985 and EEI in your time if you're a sports radio listener maybe you go back and forth they always had good numbers now they went down and kirk came along and made this big stinky thing you know like you know as he does but then he went and on his way out he trashed before he even left he trashed the entire product of WEI he tra- even trashed michael holly ordway he shit on me he shit on uh, mutt well he was on the air he shit he shit on everybody and Callahan, after he left the building, he started calling Callahan all kinds of names. So, obviously, Kirk is like that with everybody. He has no respect for anybody. That's pretty true. But did the final impact of his leaving and all that he took with him and all that he spread as far as evil on the radio station, does that put them ahead of the game that they were before he arrived or, or, or behind? I don't know. This would be a good case study at a broadcast school. Let's do it. Yeah. Do you know a broadcast school? I know one. <laughs> Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Hi, everybody. This is Dick Robinson for Railroad Salvage. Route 5 in East Windsor and Turner's Falls, Massachusetts, where Ruby Vine says if he can't sell it for less, he just won't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. Dick Robinson for the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Uh, 232-9988. That's, uh, back in the old days, all you had to give was you know, the seven numbers. You don't have to give any more. Anyway, oh, what were we talking about? How old you are? <laughs> so, anyway, the Callahan thing is... rotary phone, too? I, I, did, we, I did have one of those. Of course you did. And the way to win the contest, you know, where the rotary phone was, you dial the six, six digits for the contest line, and then you put the last digit... And hold it. And you put a pencil in there. And then when they just say, call now, you'd pull the pencil out, and you had all but the last number to go. Boom, like that's how you win contests in the old days, right? Anyway, um, about Jerry Callahan. <laughs> I consider him a friend of mine, you know, for years. He was always good to me. He, he, I didn't go to his house. We didn't have barbecues, but he always treated me with respect. We laughed a lot when we were together out playing golf, whatever. And I thought he was a good guy. I know a lot of people, and this is always the caveat you have to say with Callahan, because we're in Massachusetts where, you know, 70% of the people hate anybody who's conservative. Mm-hmm. And Callahan was strictly that, authentically conservative uh, on the air. And so a lot of people hated him. They listened. But they hated him because of his politics. I always thought he represented his points well in those arguments and discussion. But I didn't. I never judged. I got. I've said this before. My best friend Bill Lee, one of my best friends, is left of Che Guevara. I mean, he's a communist. You know, he's a Marxist. He's a. He's he's way left of anybody that's running for any office in this country right now. He called himself an egalitarian. <laughs> he's a, we all know. <laughs> And I've got friends who were to the right of Rush Limbaugh. You know, 
I try to be friendly with all of them, and I don't, I don't try to go political with each and every one of them as a centrist libertarian, which is what I am. But I always thought Callahan was entertaining as a morning host, and he's always good to me. The only guy who defended me when Kirk and Mutt and Dino and everybody was trying to shit on me in the morning show, he's the only guy who defended me, yeah. was Callahan. So I respect him, uh, and I liked him. But there's a lot of people on Twitter, you know, when they see you say something nice about Callahan, they jump on you and they say, oh, he's a bigot and he's a, you know, liar and all this shit. So, I don't know. What do you think, Ben? He was always really good to me. I always liked him. <clears throat> I, I didn't agree with some of the, his positions, but I didn't think he was a bad guy because of the positions he held. It's not like he did bad things. And if you ever saw him at the Jimmy Fund... yeah. He was amazing. He was. Yep. He was. And that's something where you can always say, okay, if you want to humanize somebody who you think is inhuman for political reasons, just just listen to those tapes. All the money he raised with the pan mass challenge and, the, and all the rest of the stuff that he got involved in. That's right. And he delivered all of that goodwill with talent, with grace. Did a good job, even right. though he kept his... Uh, I mean, he wasn't afraid to say what he thought politically. Right, right. He was fearless, yeah. and uh, and I and I believe truly authentically himself yeah. at all times yeah. when he's on the air, which is not easy to do, especially, as I said, in this particular marketplace. How many people get on the radio and they, they become someone else? Somebody else, everybody. <laughs> hey, what a beautiful day we got going out there. It's going to be sunny, and the traffic's looking pretty good this morning. <laughs> and then as soon as the microphone's off, they're going, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's right. Sorry, that's two bucks. I think Ben was like that when he's in broadcast school. I'm sorry. Mm. Anyway, Jerry Callahan will do. I think he'll do fine. Uh, you know, he, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll end up with Kirk again. They seem to like each other. You know, uh, and uh, that's that is that's w- more reason to give Jerry Callahan credit. Anybody that can like Kirk <laughs> <laughs> really deserves to have a medal because he's tough. And you know, we all know Kirk doesn't like anybody. <laughs> period. I think that's the fun of it. <laughs> so I have another story here, the actual news story. Do you mind, you guys? Can I put on my glasses and get this news story out here? Do you have a news story over there? What paper is that from? It just me off to read this. I, I, I don't know what they're thinking in the state of Massachusetts. Mike Adams has a look of concern on his face at this very moment. Well, basically, in a nutshell, the Globe did a piece on uh, uh, the DA of Suffolk County. Her name is um, Rachel Rollins. And I don't know the lady. I've never met her or anything like that, but she has had taken a position that the way to keep the jails from being crowded or to stop mass incarceration is to let people go when they make when they make crimey time. You mean let criminals go? Criminals, yes. Context: What kind of criminals? Well, that's the interesting part of this. There's. <laughs> uh, if you're, if let's say you're a shoplifter, okay, and you go into stores and you steal shit, yep. that's what you do. Yeah. You steal stuff and then they catch you. You're supposed to get arrested for shoplifting, misdemeanor, whatever. It goes on your record. You show up in court. Yeah, did I do it? Did I do? Okay, how much was it? Grand larceny. You know, it depends how much you're taking as a shoplifter. And somebody, as somebody who worked in retail. I had this boss named Werner Block, and he was a German guy. I worked in retail when I was 18. And he was the manager of the store. And we caught, we, I said, because we all saw this lady stuffing stuff in her bag. And they, So he comes up, he grabs her, brings her to the office. And we're all listening outside the office to hear what he's saying to this lady shoplifter. And she's going, oh, can't you let me go? And he goes, no, I can't let you go. He had a very strong German accent. He said, no, I can't let you go. She goes, Please, can you just please let me? No, I can't let you go. 
She goes, well, you're a bastard. He goes, well, I'm a bastard. He's your shoplifter. What do you want from me? <laughs> and the cops came. They take her away. And I'm thinking, okay, she's just she's stealing shit. Yep. Now, you're going to get a slap on the wrist. You're going to pay a fine. You know, maybe, uh, you know, you have to go down and get your fingerprints done. But that's for shoplifting. But if you're a chronic shoplifter and you're constantly doing that, Rachel Rollins thinks you should be let go. Does she say why? She Well, she's saying, well, you know, you have to analyze. Some of these people have mental problems or they're on drugs or they're poor. Oh, so you're poor so you can go in and steal shit. So if somebody went into her office and and stole uh, <clears throat> maybe some furniture or anything, yeah. And when, when she's referring to on drugs, I'm assuming she means hard drugs, coke, heroin, meth, whatever stuff like that, right? So I guess not only are you breaking the law by stealing, you're breaking the law by being on illicit drugs, <laughs> right. and it's cool. That's fine. Oh no, you were you were smoking crystal meth when you stole this. <laughs> well, the point, it's fine. It, yeah. two negatives. Make it right. So the criminal made the choice to smoke the crystal meth before he went out and decided to commit the crime. Well, right. that's your get-out-of-jail-free card. But yeah. see, crystal meth people aren't going to go out and shoplift. They're going to go out and beat the shit out of no, somebody. No, they're going to <laughs> shoplift. Well, but, well, Does she let those uh, the, the, the thugs go to? Well, let me, let me tell you. This is taken from directly from the Globe. In April, a state trooper found bags of heroin, an assortment of pills, and a young child in the back seat when he stopped a married couple driving in a breakdown lane. Breakdown Lane, mm -hmm. in Brighton. Don't you work near Brighton? I do, yeah. A prosecutor dropped all charges, even though the man had been convicted of selling heroin and methamphetamine a year before. Well, you said it was the babies, right? It was in the backseat with the babies, so it was the babies' <laughs> drugs. That right. is a bad case. Let the That's a bad example. <laughs> it was the baby's first strike. This is I'm a, okay with that. A, a Rachel Rollins thinks that that's, that's okay. The same month, the prosecutor surprised a judge twice when she said she hoped to resolve criminal charges against defendants with restitution rather than prosecution. I prefer prostitution, but that's, <laughs> that's just me. One defendant was allegedly caught breaking into a Roxbury building while carrying a crowbar and 39 stolen credit cards. <laughs> the other was a repeat offender accused of stealing two guitars worth $8,000. Now, you steal guitars, you're doing time in my book, okay? You know, if you don't punish people when they do things like this, how, how do they learn the lesson? And, and not only that, I don't want those people roaming around the streets. What, do we, what was he doing with all those credit cards? And what you're saying to people is, you know what? You can get away with this. All these things, you can do these things. Uh, the Globe reviewed 1,000 cases of which 300 have been dismissed since Rollins took office. Yeah. Most involved motor vehicle offenses, but... Now, even if it's a motor vehicle offense, a guy's speeding through a neighborhood with kids or running red lights, and you just let him... Oh, you know what? That's all right. You're, you're you know, you're on drugs. Uh, this is making sense to me. Uh, but her office dismissed 18 drug cases, including uh, cases for possession of heroin and crack cocaine, possession with intent to distribute, 11 assault charges... Or 11 assault and battery charges, including one case alleging assault and battery on a police officer. Oh, I see. So these are things that you let people go for. Beat up a cop, get in, out of jail. In today's society. But the worst case of all is this. This really, this is the one that I think got the Globe to write the story, I'm sure. Ah, boy. So the lady was attacked as she was walking her little dog in the Charlestown Navy Yard. Uh, this is April 2017. A young man knocked her to the ground and flung the dog in the air. Huh. 
She hit the pavement hard and lay bloodied and unconscious, suffering a fractured skull and multiple injuries along the right side of her body. Her dog lay cowering on top of her. Construction workers grabbed the attacker, 22-year-old Ruspel Ruiz Santana, until police arrived. He said he thought she was recording him and his brother smoking marijuana, and he was just trying to grab her phone. Oh, well, that explains it. That explains it. Of course. So... More than two years later, the victim, who requested anonymity, and can you blame her, works daily to recover from the devastating effects of the attack. A traumatic brain injury, speech and vision impairments, permanent hearing loss in one ear, vertigo, and other serious medical issues from this attack by Ruiz Santana. Yet the evening before he was scheduled to stand trial, Rollins' office notified the victim that prosecutors had cut a deal. Here's the deal he got for doing that to that woman. They were dropping the animal cruelty charge and letting him plead guilty to misdemeanor for the assault. Misdemeanor, not felony. Assault and battery uh, causing bodily injury that could... uh, the, The felony charge would have caused him prison time. The misdemeanor got him out, out of the mix. He was basically put on probation. Can you believe that? And the DA's name is Rachel Rollins? Yeah. Now, if I'm a relative of that girl that got attacked with her little dog while she was walking, I'm sorry to have to say this, but I'd probably find somebody who could take care of business for me. No, just uh, blow some lines of coke and attack them. You're fine. (laughs) They've already set the precedence. It's okay. Rachel Rollins is a Democrat. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know what she is. I'm, I'm assuming she must be. I'll she, bet money. If you get elected in Massachusetts, you're done. But that, even the Democrat Republican doesn't have anything to do with it. It's stupid. It's the act, yeah. but It's I, stupid. But I think she's a Democrat. Oh, I don't know. How do you justify that stuff? I don't know. Well, but it's, it's sickening, isn't it? Now, something on a less sickening note. Let's just lighten it up here a little bit, friends. I have the palindrome of the day. <laughs> Mikey, for those at home who Mikey may not know ben. what a palindrome is, would you please explain what a palindrome is? <laughs> now, a palindrome is a word or phrase or sentence or any con- uh, con- uh, conglog- conglomerations you know, of words. This is Ben's favorite <laughs> segment. I can tell. He's riveted like a dead frog. Shut up and let me watch entertainment tonight, please. Oh. <laughs> uh, a palindrome is a word that's spelled backwards or a phrase that's spelled backwards. And I, I, love, I love them. It's my hobby. Now, radar, as a word, Ben, is a palindrome. Yes. So is race car. Yes. So is poop. Yes. So is mom. Yes. Dad. Boob. Yep. Hannah, the name Hannah. <laughs> boob is, by the way, good call on the boob thing. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I'm this, honestly surprised I beat you to that one. This is a phrase. Now, normally, I do sentences like, go hang a salami, I'm a lasagna hog. But that's sometimes for two, some people <laughs> can't do it. They can't write it down. You know, like, Norma is as selfless as I am, Ron. You know, people don't write them down, though. Like, I, I want them to write them down at home, but you can't write down stuff when you're driving. A lot of people listen to the podcast while they're driving. Yeah. You know, Satan, oscillate my metallic sonatas. That's a palindrome. All right, what's the one of the week? Because you just blew through, like, nine but, of them. Butt raft fart tub. <laughs> now, this appeals to the sophomoric in all of us, but think about it. Did your uh, son come raft, up with that one today? No. <laughs> I'm going to tell him about it when I get home, though, because he's nine. <laughs> Butt raft fart tub. Write that one down and then re- write it down backwards. And you'll go, oh, I'm amazed. It's the same backwards. It must be a palindrome. 
Now, I understand that Smitty has a contest. Oh, I do. I have a contest. Yeah, you, yeah. it's a contest. Is it something that Ben and I are going to compete in? No, you just participate. So it's, it's a Uh-oh. we're just partic- so it's not really a contest. Well, not real well. That's right. It's a it's a participatory thing. Basically, it's a it's a no whining iconic music quiz. Okay. okay. Oh, is this gonna be uh, like last time when you played like? Okay, you got to tell me what the song and is. You are about to hear. And I kick your ass. You are about to hear some very short music clips of guitar solos from million-selling blockbuster hits. What year? What decade? What oh, this all the seventies around okay. that around that time. Maybe uh, there's a sixty in there. So but I was these still are, coaching. These are giant songs that you have heard at least maybe a hundred thousand times in your life. And it's a guitar riff. It's a guitar riff. Okay. In the midst of one of these iconic so songs. unfair. And people yep. at home can play along well, to see Ben. That's what makes this podcast different. We and allow gu- people to play along at home. These guitar mm. solos are so popular that when you hear it on the radio, you can sing along with it. You can sing the actual guitar solo. Okay. Well, this is why the clips are exceptionally short, because they are, as I say, iconic. It's a test of your instant memory recall. Just tell me now. But up front, are there any ABBA songs in here? No, not one. Tell me this other thing. Is the contest going to be longer or shorter than the setup? (laughs) I'm a sensitive man. Ben, Ben, Smitty's a fucking pro. Oops. Oh, Jesus. Oh, wait a minute. That's right. Just trying to rattle him. (laughs) All right. Here is song number one. Yes. Chicago. Right, Chicago? Shit. Hear it again. Here it is again. This could be bad. That is the shortest. I've had farts that were longer than When you hear the solo, you'll go. today, thankfully. As soon as you hear the solo, you'll go, oh, of course. All right, well, let it play on then because I can't. Not one more guess, not even one. Here it is. No. No, it's too short. That's what she said. Hard day's night. Yeah, but see, I needed a little more than that. No, no. See, I told you he was going to do it again. It's a hard day's night. Let's go back to the very first sentence I I said when when I introduced this contest. I said it's the no whining. (laughs) <laughs> Iconic music right. quiz. Well, one second isn't enough time to judge. Ask any girl that's been with me. Now you claim to they be need at least four. You claim to be uh, <laughs> the smartest man alive. I've heard you say that, and, yeah. and that you know every single song that's ever been made. I do, but I don't know every second of every. I song. I think that by being a disc jockey of such high esteem, you would know these things inside and out in your sleep. Try another one. See, I know every Beatles song. Okay, do it again. Huh? <laughs> it's too short. No, no. Hold on. Mikey's, my, uh, not Mike, Ben. I don't know. I, for a second, I thought I was thinking like Hotel California, that solo. Oh my God! Did you tell him that answer? No, he didn't. No. I need at least four seconds. I ask her, ask the girl, say, does he need four seconds? Yes, he does. So. Contest is too <laughs> tough, eh? God, I can't imagine. I'm trying to find somebody that I actually slept with. Ben. <laughs> Okay. No. <laughs> why why would I, I do that? How old they've got to be. <laughs> All right, song number three. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> uh, Are you ready? Okay. The songs you've heard thousands of times. Oh, uh, uh-huh. that's is that Grateful Dead? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Play it again. See, I'm going to just tell you right now, I'm going to boycott this contest because they're too is short. That- 
Was they, that another Eagles song? How about you play the whole clip mm, and the first guy no. to get it wins a prize? That's too easy. All right. You know, once again, to the folks at home, See, that's the only it's way called I can the, do the it. No Whining Iconic Music Quiz. <laughs> Who is whining? All right, Pedro. Right, can you do how, next time? Can we do the intro to the hey, song? Because I always know the intro. It's the smartest man alive. He's whining. Okay, what is it, Mike? Yeah, but he's suffered Dane Bramage. All right, one more time. No, no, it's too short. I don't know. That. All right, stand by. Here it is. Oh, uh, it's Steely Dan. And the name of the song is? Uh, Be- Peg. Be- Peg. Be- Peg. It's Peg. Well, like I said, if I can hear it for 10 seconds, I get every, every song because I am TSMA, the smartest man alive. But if you play one second, Smitty, I'm done. I'm cooked. I'm, I'm ruined. I'm ah, geez, toast. You know, Hit me with that again. I could have... Uh, <laughs> I could have named these songs. Because you put them on there. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Pink Floyd. One more time. <laughs> it does sound Floydian, but again, I- I'm going to need at least uh, f- seven seconds on that one. Give us another second. <laughs> <laughs> Putting it on loop doesn't make it easier. <laughs> I-, I thought it would. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll do this. I'll talk up the post of every intro to every song ever, but I can't. I can't possibly do this. It has nothing to do with being smart. It has something I don't to do know. with being stoned. I give up. Oh, uh, uh, it's Jackson Brown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's Jackson Brown. Doctor, my eyes. But okay. but I, but I mean again I'm I'm befuddled by the shortness of the clippage. Befuddled, be damned. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. I'm so defeated over here. Play it again. Yeah. It's too fucking short. That's what she said last night. Oh, uh, build it up. Come on, one more time. What is, what is it, Smitty? That's Brandy, You're a Fine Girl by Looking Glass, 1972, and it's a piece of shit. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Song number one, two, three, four, five, six. Song, song number six. <laughs> Out of 46. Huh? Ready? No. No, I'm not song. It's not going to happen. No. Again, we need at least four Not seconds. muddy enough to be Joe Walsh. Correct. No. Oh, a little bit more. Uh, if anyone at home is getting these, I want them on the show next week. <laughs> uh, is that Fooled Around and oh, Fell in Love? Oh, there it is. By Elvin Bishop. Same. I, you know, it's filthy. You can hear all these songs. Can on. I can I ask you a question? Why are you picking horrible songs? No, they're not. It's, it's just, just sort of like it, the Yacht Rock Hot 100. Yeah, it's too it's too crap. little. It's like if some, it's like if someone put one granular grain of wheat on your tongue and said, "What what is that?" Song still sucks. Right, I'll bet money. No dirt. I'll bet money. Mikey knows this song and the next one. Are you ready? Dirt. Yes. It, it comes. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, uh, is it Todd Rundgren? (laughs) (laughs) I slept with his mother. (laughs) Mrs. Rundgren. Go ahead. One more time. One more time. (laughs) Oh, that's uh, Andy Warhol. (laughs) Who is it? I don't know. 
I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I can't. I can't eat some Dasani. <laughs> by the way, this podcast is brought to you by Dasani. I don't even know who does that song now. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I lose, okay? Now, how many more of these awful things do you have? <laughs> Fifteen. Jesus, oh, and that was only no, six? I, I'm no. joking, I'm joking. Now listen, Hold on. this you've, segment you've brought to you by <laughs> Dasani Water. Remember, if it ain't Dasani, it's from your toilet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> who's this? <laughs> oh, uh, I believe Miracle's oh, your sexy thing. Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate, 1976, you sexy thing. Yeah, how about this? Oh, that's uh, Bob Seeger. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. But that's, I know. Down on Main Street. You're thinking Main Street, yeah. Uh, what is it? But it's not. <laughs> oh, it's a fucking pina colada. By Rupert Holmes, that son of a bitch. He puts that, <laughs> let me tell you something. He puts that earworm in your ear with that song, and you end up humming it all day, and you fucking hate it anyway. But you, and people actually still play it on the radio. Anybody that plays that on the radio should be shot. It's in a great scene in the movie Dirty Work. That's correct. That song is a novelty record, and it's a piece of crap. I don't even think Mrs. Holmes liked it. All right, not. What's this song? This is the, the final song. <laughs> Come it's on. like now. someone's zipping his fly. You know, I wish the folks at home could see <laughs> what I see. Yeah. Play it again. Zip. Woo! Where's my zipper? Give it a little, little more. A little more. Oh, uh, it's Baker Street. Oh, yeah. Jerry Rafferty, yep. Baker Street. I, I mean, I'm still the smartest man alive. I just can't meet your standards of instantaneousness. <laughs> is that what that is? I don't know. Well, all right, then. I think I made up another word. That's the end of the contest. <coughs> was, uh, wasn't that fun? No, you wanted that, to do that was again. fun, except that next time, Smitty, at give least us a four seconds. More. Oh, I mean, you give me four seconds, so. I'll give you the universe. <laughs> <laughs> all right, maybe we'll have the four seconds. But four seconds is a long time in a song. That's what she said well. last night. <laughs> All right, uh, now i got to tell a serious story. All right. Okay, this is a serious story, and it's uh, honestly, this is going to haunt you because it's true. First of all, I hate when people say, let me tell you, true story. Oh, what? oh so you tell a lot of fake stories all the time, so you got to preface it with a true story thing? Did, didn't you or just I swear to do God, that no. in a roundabout way? I'm going to tell you the story. It's a hunting story, but it's true. No, it is true. I hate when people say, true story. But Because I, I heard somebody say that on the news tonight, WBZ. This happened in Charlestown tonight. True story. Oh, well, you're a fucking news person. Are you going to be fake stories oh, Why now? would you lie to me? <laughs> Sorry. It's another dollar. Jeez, I can't control my mouth today. Uh, you remember a guy named Carl Bean? Yes. Ben. Carl Bean was the fifth... Uh, public address announcer in Fenway Park history. With a magnificent voice. Tremendous baritone voice. A a wonderful person. He was rather short and troll-looking, like the actual trolls, you know, under the bridge. He he had wild hair and beard, and he looked like a little, you know, like the... Remember the pencil trolls? You put you with the... The kids had him on the end of the pencils with the wild hair. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With the gem in the belly button? Yep. I always thought thought Pete Abe looked like a shaved troll doll. I loved Carl Bean. By the way, <laughs> no comment. No, I don't. I don't know him. Uh, I, I loved uh, 
Carl Bean a lot. He came on my show in the 90s when he was a, uh, I think he was working for WBZ doing b- baseball and sports reporting. He was always at Fenway. He had a red phone that was his own phone. He'd report for stations around the country. But a really funny guy and a good guy. And he used to come on my TV show uh, in the 90s, Sports World, on Neckin, and he would be great. And so we'd always have him come in, and he'd, he was funny. So we had this little thing we used to do called Hide the Salami. And it sounds bad, but it, we had an hilarious. actual salami from a, uh, you know, a deli or something, and we'd keep it on the set, and then we'd, we'd ha- ask the callers that would call into the TV show, okay, it's time to play, and we'd have Italian music, hide the salami. Who's got the salami, Bob? Bob would say, oh, I think it was you or Howard Green. Or... So the night he's on my show, it was, it was uh, Carl Bean that had the salami. So they think it's <laughs> Carl Bean, and he stands up. Now, it happens that the table is right in front of where his crotch is when he stands up. He takes the salami, lays it down on the table, whoomp, right in front of where it should be on a person. And and we're laughing. It was, was he so, aware of this? He wasn't yes, aware. he did it on purpose. Oh, he did, yeah. because yeah, he was a short little guy. But he stood up, and it happened to be a perfect place. And he put it on the table, and there's the salami perpendicular to his body, perpendicular. So everybody's laughing because this was live TV, and it was like almost like the... Uh, the Ed Ames thing on Johnny Carson. It happened, you know, just uh, organically. So Carl was funny. We laughed. And he come on. He did the greatest impersonation of Robert Parrish, you know. I'd say, you're, he's, fuck, he's four foot ten. I'd say, Carl, do your Robert Parrish. He'd say, well, you know, we got to play better out there, better better uh, basketball, better collectively and as a team. And he, did, he sounded just like Robert Parrish. And we'd die laughing. So I love the guy, and he, you know, he eventually became the Red Sox play-by-play announcer, or the uh, P, uh, public address announcer. Uh, and so, and my show, of course, got canceled. Well, I canceled it <laughs> in 1998. So I'd see him at Fenway, and he was always cool and always great, and he loved being in Fenway Park every single night. I mean, he was he really loved baseball as much as anybody I've ever met. So. Carl, uh, and I'd see him on the way to, on the highway. He had a little Subaru, and it had a Carl Bean, it said, on the back of his tire cover, on the back of his <laughs> little Subaru. And it was so funny. You know, he's a great guy. So one night in 20, it was 2014, I was going, cleaning out stuff in my office, and there was some old uh, tapes, VHS tapes, of my old Sports World show. So I popped a couple of them in. I was just watching just for fun, fast-forwarding through. And then the, the episode with the behind the salami with Carl Bean came up, and I'm laughing. And he had, he had since tragically died oh. in a car t- crash in Sturbridge in 2012. He had a heart attack, and then he hit a wall, and he died uh, at 59 years of age oh. in 2012. So this is 2014, and I'm looking at this video of Carl Bean. I'm, like, getting sad. Oh, you know, he was great. It's so sad that he died. And I'm watching a thing. I watched the whole episode. Out of respect, you know, for, for the dead. And, uh, and I took it out of the machine, and I just was thinking about him. The very next morning, I wake up, I go to my computer, I go downstairs, and I got a LinkedIn invitation. It's from Daryl Bean, Carl Bean's brother. Wow. Now, he didn't know I was watching old tapes of the Sports World show. And in his LinkedIn invitation, he wrote, Hey, Mikey, he says... Uh, I remember watching you and Carl on the Sports World show, Hide the Salami. Yeah. He put it in quotes. That was great. You know, and I, I miss my brother and whatever. I'm like blown away. I'm like, are you kidding? I was just, I typed, I got on real fast and I typed back in the other. I said, I can't believe this. I was just watching that episode last night before I went to bed 
of your brother, and it was great. And I said, that was so weird. He writes back to me, I have goosebumps. <laughs> Yesterday was his birthday. Holy shit. Yeah. Coincidence? Seriously? I think not. Coincidence times three. Mm-hmm. He reached out to me twice on his birthday and his brother. I mean, I'm thinking, this is weird. Now, wait. I, I was so blown away. I had to sit back in my chair. I think I went pale. I was like, whoa, that's weird, you know? So And real. And so unbelievably real. And, you know, because it, it was in a... Now, I didn't know his brother. I didn't watch, sit around every night watching my own videotapes. So this was a once in a random act of watching those things. I never do that. And I don't know his brother. All of a sudden, he's... He's, re- he's, hey, you know, uh, want to be friends on LinkedIn or whatever. You know, I'm like, holy shit. So then, less than two weeks later, I'm doing a remote for WEEI, or a remote appearance at a T-Mobile store down near Fenway. And I mentioned the fact that a Red Sox game, someone said, oh, a kid says to me, goes, oh, you, you, uh, you go to Fenway? You work at the radio station? I said, yeah. He goes, did you ever know my father-in-law? I said, who is he? Carl Bean. Oh, man. I'm like, what? This is the husband of his do- Carl Bean's daughter and, and the, the father of his grandson. It, and all of a sudden, he, here's Carl Bean again. Like, at a place I'm never, I'm never at the T-Mobile store. It's like, it was, it was crisscrossing weirdness going on, man. It was electric. Because those kind of coincidences, if they happen, it's usually two things that happen. Oh, it's a coincidence. When it happens three times, you know, four, actually. Yeah. Right, four. In such a short period of time, I'm thinking, what's he trying to tell me? You know? Is it, are they playing hide the salami up there? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Isn't that haunting, though? Yeah. And bizarre. And his brother is complete, was completely blown away by it and freaked out by it. You know? So, anyway. So, oh, the reason I brought it up is I'm on my computer the other day, and I have those the things where you, all your picture collection that can go, go by as a slideshow. Yes. And my son, Andy, uh, it came up on Facebook. Actually, it came up on Facebook. Your memories from eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's Carl Bean in the booth with my son, who did the junior announcer for a day with Carl Bean. Cool. So the picture came up. That's what made me think of the story. That's why I'm telling you this right now. Carl Bean on his birthday on September 18th. Maybe I'll get another message uh, from him or from his brother. What do you think? That was a great story, Mikey. And a true story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't fake news. No, absolutely not. And it uh, still to this day makes me think that there's definitely an afterlife. Definitely. Uh, and whether there's a God, I don't know. But if there is, boy, is he pissed at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, how many minutes have we gone? Have we gone like two hours already on this? Ben, you look tired. This is the 38-minute mark. Oh, it is. Yes. Okay, great. So do we have time for some Joe? Uh, you know, every week... Joe Castiglione, legendary Hall of Fame Red Sox announcer, comes by and joins us here in Planet, in, uh, where are we, Pelham Island? This is Pelham Island. We are on the island, yeah. And he does a thing where you take a popular song from the, his heyday and throw it on the mix, and he does a thing called Castigliocchi. Are we going to visit Joe in the booth? Let's go to Joe in the booth now. Joe? How are you? We're going to do a song by Rick Springfield, Jesse's Girl. Here we go. Thanks, Joe. Jesse is a friend. He's always been a, a good friend of mine. 
But lately something's changed and it ain't hard to define. Jesse's got himself a girl and I want to make her mine. She's watching him with those eyes. And she's loving him with that body, I, I just know it. He's holding her in his arms late, late at night. You know, I wish that I had Jesse's girl at Shaw's. Jesse's girl at Shaw's. Why can't I find a woman like that? I play along with the charade. Doesn't seem to be a reason to change. You know, I feel so, I don't know, dirty when they start talking cute. I want to tell her that I love her. But the point is probably moot, because she's watching him with those eyes. And she's banging him with that body. I just, I just, I just know it.